You're listening to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where we examine what is and isn't working in online marketing. Now, please welcome your host, online marketing expert, One Click Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay. Today, we're going to be talking about Facebook ads. That is a super hot topic that I know you all want to hear about. So today, I'm going to interview Mr. Zach Spear, who is actually a really good friend of mine and someone that I call on sometimes when I have an overflow of Facebook ads work that we can't handle all in-house here at trafficandleads.com, or if we have a particularly tricky Facebook ads campaign that I need an outside opinion on. Maybe sometimes when you're writing creative, you get in this box and you can't really get out or figure out why an ad set won't work. So when that happens, lucky for me, I have Zach, people like Zach to call on to kind of help us out of a funk if something isn't working quite right. So that's another really great thing about working with trafficandleads.com is I have a lot of different people that I can reach out to to see what can help. So like I have different agencies that I'm friends with. Maybe they're having some success with a chiropractor campaign. We can kind of swap secrets and get these campaigns running the very best way they possibly can. But That brings me back to Zach. He is an amazing Facebook ads manager. He is also an amazing, super awesome copywriter. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, this episode is super special because you can actually go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash more traffic and leads, and you can see this interview with Zach. We actually did it on Facebook Live last week. So if you want to see us in person, definitely go and check that out. I think it was a really cool to do it that way. And I'm going to plan on doing more interviews for the Traffic and Leads podcast like that in the future. So there you have it. This is a great interview. So of course, before we dive into that, I have to go into the click technique. If you don't know what the click technique is, go to the click technique com and there you will find a five-day boot camp into building your online presence now in order to be really successful in online marketing you have to be really really consistent with content and emailing and all of these things and that might be really overwhelming well the click technique is the technique I take people through here at trafficandleads.com to build a strong foundation for online marketing so if you want to know all the secrets of the what we're doing here the great things we're doing here trafficandleads.com go check us out at theclicktechnique.com super awesome so i'm going to assign this episode a letter of the click technique and i think it's going to have to go under the first c for curiosity so in order to drive traffic to your website to capture those email addresses you have to make people curious and the search engine's curious and people aren't curious they're not going to come to your site so the strength and the way that you can do that definitely one of my favorite ways is through Facebook ads and you can't be all boring and lame sauce in your Facebook ads they have to be exciting they have to be interruptive they have to be not normal so that people will click through and be curious about what you and your company has to offer so that is the topic for Zach and I's conversation today, Facebook ads and copywriting. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. 
everybody. Welcome to the Traffic and Leads podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay. Today, I'm interviewing Zachary Spear with Spear Media. Now, Zach and I go back a really long time. Sometimes here at trafficandleads.com, we get overwhelmed with so many awesome clients. And when that happens, I bring in Zach. He's my heavy hitter. He's my tough shooter. When I have something really hard to market or something that's just not working, sometimes I'll bring Zach in and him and I will sit together, brainstorm and make a failing campaign a success because sometimes things don't work right out of the gate. But today on this podcast episode, Zach and I are going to be discussing Facebook ads, how to make them successful and his real passion, which is copywriting. Welcome to the show, Zach. Yes. Thank you so much. Super, super excited and proud to be here. Yes. So Facebook ads, what do you think about those? (laughs) (laughs) They're horrible. No, I'm just kidding. They are absolutely incredible. I have, uh, I I put a lot of faith in Zuckerberg for running that company, right? But at the end of the day, if Facebook shut down and Google shut down, like the whole world, like we have bigger problems than uh, losing our businesses. Um, so yeah, I'm super pumped about, about copywriting Facebook ads. Uh, there's no doubt that that uh, I think the bigger this online marketing world gets and Facebook gets, like more and more people are flooding to it, which uh, is is making costs climb. But here's what it's also doing: it's also like allowing people like us to uh, really shine even brighter because it's like you know there's just so many mediocre players that the great ones uh, stand out a lot. And it's still by far, no matter what you hear, in my opinion, this is by far the best platform to get profitable traffic uh, or profitable sales profitable business with online traffic bar none yeah how did you first get into facebook ads zach so i'm actually in the network marketing industry as well which for those uh for those somebody that doesn't know that's multi-level marketing things like amway herbalife uh stuff like that so um you know quote unquote pyramid scams and uh, that's that's the industry <laughs> i've been in for a while he did not say that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's super funny. Um, I mean, when you've been in it, when you've been doing it as long as I have, you like you've heard it all. And uh, at this point, it's just hilarious. Um, but so, so that's kind of like that's one of my passions, and it's something that I do. And uh, and I've done I've been doing that for about eight years. And I was building the business for about five years, um, just you know normally, uh, which is very very offline and generating my leads through you know phone calls and, and basically everything that you would do like in the Antarctic days uh, or the archaic days of you know, business. Um, so I do all that kind of stuff. And, and I, I either I, stu- I stumbled on something or I think I just was thinking one day in my head, I was, I was at, I was in my one bedroom apartment and, uh, my girlfriend, my now wife, my girlfriend at the time was over at my house and uh, we were, we were talking and I, and I had this stuff brewing in my head and I was like, dude, you know, like there's so many people doing so much stuff online. Like I'm following people on Instagram and these people, and these, I'm talking about random people, by the way, just these random people that are like, seem to be cool, have like 50,000, 100,000 million followers, you know, following everything they do. And there's these people with giant blogs and like people are reading what they have to say. And I was like, there's got to be a way to like get people to follow me or to like leverage what we've got, this thing called the internet. It has to be a way to leverage the internet in a way to build that kind of business. And so I was like, it was keeping me up at night. I was like, there's gotta be a way to like stop doing this super old school way of building the business. And so I kind of blindly uh, ventured into online marketing, not really knowing that it was even really an industry like uh, 
so I just kind of started like looking into things. I was like, okay, so I made a, I made an Instagram page. You know, I made this website. I like made all the rookie mistakes that you would ever make when you're building a personal brand for the first time. I literally hired a custom coder. I was working in the corporate world at the time. So I hired a custom co coder to build my website. So like literally the entire site was built from scratch. So if anything broke, I had to call them up. Um, yeah, but this was back in the day before like WordPress, right? No, this like WordPress was around. Oh, <laughs> no, I was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. No intelligence. Okay. <laughs> so so I, I had a friend. Uh, he's a pretty high up in Silicon Valley and and I went over to his place once and, and I was and I was like, hey dude, can you can you fix like a couple of these like everything is broken on this site? Um because the guy that I hired, I was I didn't I, I was so freaking picky. Uh, I totally made a mistake. I was so picky and I had him change everything. So literally when he got done with the site, I paid him. He never talked to me ever again. Um so I went over to my friend's house and I was like, hey man, like a couple of these things are broken on my website. Can you fix them? He said, sure, he fixed them and he started looking at the code. He's like, dude, this is amazing. He's like, How much did you pay for this? And I was like, I don't know, like Five hundred thousand bucks. He's like, dude, this is like a ten to twenty thousand dollar website. I was like, really? Wow. So you weren't done. Yeah, well, and then I was like, <laughs> but nothing works. <laughs> so it was like a toss up, you know, because it was like I got this amazing looking site, but like legit, when one one form broke on the site, I like nobody could fix it because this guy was a genius, I guess. So that was so that's kind of a, a very very uh, roundabout answer. But long story short, I realized like I needed to have a, I need to have an online presence and. When you have an online presence, that's what that's one thing. That's one piece of the puzzle. You need a presence. You need something that attracts people to you. And I was like, okay, now I need to get people to my online presence, if you will. And yeah. you know, there's obviously lots of different ways to do that. It's the whole, you know, that's what your agency does is is help people get awareness. Um, and I basically ventured into the world of paid media because I figured I'm all about predictability. So if I can spend five hundred dollars and get X amount of customers or X amount of signups, then I know what is, I know what that ratio is. And I can now adjust my numbers until I'm profitable or until I have a number that I like. So I basically did all this to get people into my network marketing business and started running my own Facebook ads. And, um, within, and of course, like, like we all do, I blew tons of money and screwed up everything. Um, and then after maybe six to nine months of doing this, uh, I started to get pretty good results. Uh, really good results. And I was like, okay, I can probably... And this was all for your network marketing business, right? Correct. All these amazing results you were just doing for yourself. Okay. At this just time making so sure. Far, yeah. Um, okay. And so I had a couple I had a couple people approach me that had seen my ads. Uh, some people that were like somewhat acquaintances as well. And they basically said, hey, can you do that for me? Um, in Not in network marketing, just in, you know, other types of businesses. Um, you know, photography business, a... Uh, uh, another uh, another like marketing agency, another big marketing agency, and I think those are my first couple. And I think a real estate guy from Emberite, and basically they approached me and kind of had these similar questions, like, "Hey, can can you do what you're doing for me and my business?" <clears throat> and I said, "Well, <laughs> well, of course, you know. I mean, I had no idea." Um, and so I did, and and they got they got really good results. And at this point, I literally didn't even know what a good result was to be honest. Like I didn't know that a 35% opt-in on a landing page was good. Um, I just got them. And so I was telling some people, I was like, yeah, yeah. So like, these are my numbers. And they're like, excuse me. Wow. Yeah. 
And so I was like, yeah, I'm getting, you know, like whatever X, you know, what a 50 cents a click or whatever it is. Or, and I got like 35% on this landing page. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it gets better because that kind of sucks. Right. And they're like, <clears throat> so, no. <laughs> so they're like, do you want to come work for me? I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. So yeah, that's kind of the, that's the short and sweet. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. So Obviously, you've been where a lot of people are, where you're like just diving into Facebook. I think a lot of people try to do Facebook themselves and it doesn't work. And we're going to talk about why you think that is. Um, And then they just give up thinking Facebook is a totally worthless, horrible, money grubbing platform, which it's not. So first, Zach, can you tell us where you think most people make mistakes or what they can do to like help themselves with Facebook ads? Yeah, totally. Is that a bit, that's a big question. I know. I know. It's a big question. For sure. That's all good. No, it's totally cool. <laughs> um, I have learned that many questions from Lindsay have multifaceted answers <laughs> in the best possible way. So um, two, there's two main things that people really have issues with. Um, and there's kind of, there's an overarching umbrella answer and the overarching umbrella answer is you have to find you have to find the answers that work not the ones that are quote-unquote recommended and really what i'm referring to is like if you ever try if you've ever set up an ad in facebook there's like options there's lots of options inside of the inside of the editor and it'll say you know choose automatic placements recommended choose this budget it's recommended choose this type of optimization it's recommended and like 99.9 of the time everything that says recommended is the exact opposite of what you should do um which is what really... does Facebook say it's recommended then, Zach? <laughs> have, Do tell. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't want to get hunted down and killed by them. I have no idea. <laughs> but my guess is, is because they're after, well, the thing is, that's not really true. I, I really don't know. It's just the weird cynical side of me is like, okay, well, if you choose all of their recommended options, in most cases, they're going to make more money. Yeah. And I will just to give everyone just a quick example. I have people have been spending thousands and thousands of dollars on Facebook ads and they're wondering why they're not converting. So one of these recommended my favorite thing to share recommended settings is you go in and Facebook recommends to basically show this ad on Instagram and on audience network and on every single place. Please show it everywhere. But you can't do that. Essentially, like an ad you make for Instagram or an ad for Audience Network, they're two completely different ads, two completely different audiences. So, no, you can't do that ever. Please don't. <laughs> you waste a lot of money on Audience Network because Facebook actually wants to show it there. So, because it's kind of like a blank space, no one ever bids on that, right? Wouldn't you say? Never, Are we allowed to say that? Never, ever, ever. Uh, okay. I don't think <laughs> yeah. I've ever don't choose Audience that. Network. <laughs> but anyway, that's the kind of thing that Zach is talking about. And he's and he's absolutely right. And I totally backed him into a corner with this question because there is no right answer to Facebook ads. It all is very dependent on your industry, your message, right? Your person, what you're giving. 100%. Yeah, that's uh, it's that overarching thing. The second thing that costs everyone and yeah, everyone, tons of money. So if like a lot of times I get brought in when ads are already running. That's usually the case. So someone you know brings me in. So you're like an auditor. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we've spent $5 billion and nothing works. Um, so then I go look at it. And two things are usually the issue. One is the targeting. And so we I de- developed a targeting system that works 
literally has not failed yet. Um, so that is always the issue almost, um, where something in their targeting is wrong. They're sending their ad to the wrong person. Um, or they don't know how to find You would say that's person. the number one thing. That's a, that's very important is what you're saying. That is one of the two. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. And the second is um, kind of what we alluded to earlier, which is just the the messaging, the copy. Um, if the copy sucks, the message sucks. If the if it's if you're hitting the wrong pain point, um, for instance, like if you have a market that is you know this big, and <clears throat> you know everyone in that market has different pain points, right? There's different pain points within the market. Some people might have they might be afraid to. Um, call people. They may be af afraid to do the prospecting part of the business. Other people might be uh, not sure how to close a sale. Other people might be like, I don't understand enough about the product. So I need to learn more about the products. There's all these different pain points in a market. And most people pick the wrong one. And so a lot of times it's just finding the right pain point and, and, and targeting that pain point. And the second part of it is writing copy in a way that's compelling. Um, one of the easiest things to do in my, I mean, this is just a uh, something that I like to do. So it's writing and it's my favorite thing to do. Writing good copy to me is not overly complicated. It's just a matter of interrupting a pattern. So just thinking about the pattern that someone else is going through as they're watching Facebook and seeing other ads, interrupting that pattern and then speaking to that pain point directly. So, so can you give us a real specific example of pattern interruption? Yeah, sure. Uh, a lot of the work that I do is with uh, like personal branded people. So business coaches, you know, like um, basically anybody who could be the personal brand face for their business. So a real estate agent, a business coach, a network marketer, et cetera. So one of the things that I love to do, and it works really, really good, is I'm sure you guys have seen like like personal branded people advertising. So I don't want to drop any names because, you know, in some ways I look up to them. But if you think about a really, really big person in marketing or business, think okay. about them and their advertising on Facebook. Most of the time, it's something like this. They got a phone like, hey, guys, what's up? It's blah, blah, blah. Just sitting here in front, <laughs> in front of my Lamborghini, you know, uh, you know, and uh, hey, just want to talk to you about this, this sweet course I have. and You should buy it. And that was really good. <laughs> thanks. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm flexing my muscles for the Lambo. I like it. I like it. So uh, one of the things that I love to do is basically look at all of my competition, which in this case, that would be my competition. And in the opening parts of my ad, I'll literally dig at it. So as all, as all business coaches do, I was about to stand in front of my rented Lambo and taking a selfie, figuring that you'd be impressed. But then I decided maybe I shouldn't. So instead I went to this hotel, hoping you'd think it was my house and wanted to show you about all the sweet success I had. But instead, I figure out- Is that what I, they do? They go to a hotel? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, right? So basically, I'm just placing okay. seeds of doubt in the prospect's mind about like, hey, maybe that is a load of crap. Or at least it's like shock. It's jarring to them. Like, that's funny. You know, like, I'm so sick of seeing everybody toting around pictures of their Lambos. Even if they're them or even if they own them or not, it's still like a, it's a, it's a jar. It's a shock. It yeah. gets them to stop and read. That's awesome. And you're just speaking out against- everything else that they're seeing in their feed. So do you feel, so when you're going in to do pattern interruption with a customer, my guess is you've pitched a couple of things that you feel like would be really good for pattern interruption, which we need to be surprising and we need to be different. And do you get a lot of flack from clients when they're like, yeah, that's not really my brand. Like, I don't really want to put, do that. Even though you as a professional marketer think it's totally awesome. So does that happen? It's a really good question. And yeah, completely. Um, and what do you say? Do you do it anyway? Uh, typically, yeah. Um, 
Now there's one caveat. I will make sure that I keep their brand message intact. For me, like obviously you can get a slight hint of my personality. I, I kind of like, you know, like if, dog, if a dog's hair goes this way, I like to brush it this way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's really irritating to work with you. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Nice. <laughs> so if a customer, if, they, if they're not like that, I'll do a pattern interrupt in a way that's more along their personalities. Um, mm -hmm. But ultimately, if it's like, if it comes down to it, like most of the time they will, you can end up being like, hey, listen, like this will work better than the alternative. So in some cases, I'll say, how about this? I'll split test it. If you don't believe me, mm -hmm. you, you basically give me the outline that you want and I'll write them an ad that, you know, in their heart is perfect and then i'll write my ad or my sales letter and then i'll put them back to back and let, let them run and um, that's typically what i do they almost always agree to that as long as their brand message is intact they're willing to split test what i believe is right versus what they think is good and uh that's the way i go about it i think that's really awesome and that brings up another point um why don't you talk to us a little bit about split testing and how important that is and that you can't just go with the first ad you've written yeah totally um yeah, I mean, testing everything. So there's like, there's definitely two schools of thought. You know, one is if you get something decent, let it run. I mean, I'm all, I'm all about like, let's just drive it as low as we can. So unless I'm just making gobs of freaking money for the client, like eventually just got to pump the brakes and just like be like, okay, it's cool. But probably 80 to 90% of the time when you launch an ad, you launch a campaign, 80 to 90% of the time, you're going to need to test things. You're going to need to keep split testing because it's very rarely going to just knock it out of the park, out of the gate. So the very first thing I would say is probably everybody knows this that's listening, I would imagine, but split test macro items first, then micro, meaning if you write two ads back to back, don't just change the headline on your first split test change the entire freaking thing, change the whole I message. Love it. Once you get a message that is working fairly well, now you go micro, now you change pictures, now you change headlines. Yeah, I love it because we hear a lot of the gurus say, only change one little thing, otherwise you won't know what's made the big difference. But honestly, especially those with tighter budgets, you gotta go two completely different bad boys on that out of the gate, wouldn't you say? Oh, 100%, yeah, definitely. Um, and then Zach, of course, I have to ask you, what's working better right now? Long ads or short ads? <laughs> I know, yeah. irritating. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I love it. I love it. Um, so, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the answer. And then I'm also going to give you a ninja trick as to why I'm saying what I'm saying. In the vast majority of cases, for me, long ads are doing better. You're going to have both people. Some people get better stuff with short ads. Some people get better with long ads. And here's kind of the thing. Copy doesn't matter. The length of copy doesn't matter. If you're compelling, the longer it is, if you're compelling and it's needed, the better. So if you're selling, if you're telling, hey, why don't you call me for a strategy session and you've got a three sentence ad, no one's going to call you for a strategy session because you're probably going to pitch me on a $2,500 a month coaching program. The reason True. most people suck at long copy is because they suck at long copy. But if you can write long copy and you can write it compelling, people are like, oh yeah, they get into it and they like it. So most of the time, if you're a good writer, long copy is better. The other little piece about this is even if you don't write long copy, that's totally fine. But if you write just past the see more, so you know when you like write four lines of text and if you go past four lines, you have to hit see more to expand it. If you can make that happen, even with a short copy ad, that's a good thing. So the way Facebook algorithm works is any click is seen as a good thing and they'll boost up 
your ad and give you more impressions for less money whenever someone clicks on it or gives a positive reaction. Well, clicking see more is a positive reaction in Facebook's algorithm terms. So even if you've got a, if you've got a short copy ad, but you, you, you want to keep it short, right? Just past the see more so that people have to click see more. And then when they open that, it counts as a click and Facebook rewards you by giving more impressions like for less it. money. I love it. I love it. Okay. So since you're telling us we have to write long form ads or at least one to split test for those of us that are not amazing at copywriting like yourself, where does that leave us? Do we have to hire you to write our ads? Where do we go <laughs> to figure out what to say in these ads? Why are you laughing? <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to hire me. Um, I'm just kidding. Okay. You have to hire Zach. I'm just messing. Um, <laughs> Do you have any tips? Like, I am sure, and I know this for a fact, Zach, that I have thrown you specific clients and said, Zach, we've got to come up with a really creative, amazing campaign for this. And you're like, I don't know about that topic. If we can make a sexy campaign for that. But we have, and we've succeeded. So what if I'm in that industry? Sure. Like, where did you go to find the passion for that? I have no I have no <laughs> idea where the passion is. Uh, that just was random. Um, especially when you're talking about something super boring, like, you know, accounting or, I know. You know, yeah, something that has just like zero sex appeal that takes a little bit of like, you know, Hmm, I gotta think about this for a while. The biggest thing I could tell you is this, if you're not good at writing, don't worry about it, write a short form and it's going to be okay. As long as your message, as long as your message and your angle is on point. So the things we talked about earlier, if those two things are on point, the length is not as important, it's just typically if you got a good copywriter doing both, the long form is going to outperform it. So that's my first split test: is I do a short and I do a long, and almost 100% of the time, the long wins. Um, now, if the scenario is like you maybe you're not an incredible copywriter, totally fine. Here's what I did, especially in the beginning: um, I would go on Facebook and I would just scroll for forever, which everyone's probably doing that now anyway. So while you're scrolling, find ads that catch your interest open them up and screenshot and, and take them and save them. It's called swiping, swipe file and hold everything you can. Just, just grab all this if you can. If you want to know if something's working, just look at the comments in the like section. If you, if, if an ad has a million comments, a million likes, you probably know that it's working because it costs a lot of money to run these things for a long time. So just steal a bunch of good ads. And then I just would open up a bunch of them. I'd go through and read all of them again. And then I would basically model my ad after the good one. And of course I would never steal it, but I would like model the way that they would transition through phrases and the, the way that they would yeah. take people through a process. So it's literally, there's a book called the ultimate sales letter by Dan Kennedy. And he talks about you're building a sales letter. You're never creating it. You're never just like getting this spark of inspiration and being like, Ooh, you know, I just made this up. It's, it's always a building process. There's like, you know, five or six things to a good ad and you just keep repeating it. I love it. That so the re, and so I'll just sum it up. What the reason why Zach is so good at when I throw him any account is because he has this massive swipe file of things that have caught his eye, so he can go there for a lot of inspiration. If you don't have that, which many of you watching don't have a swipe file, one of my other favorite things to do is head out to Amazon, look up books. Like there's books on. We, we'll use accounting as our example. So there's like cool accounting books that have tons of reviews. You can go in there and see people's pain point, see the message that people are trying to come across about why they're so frustrated with their business taxes or whatever. But I spend a, a lot of time on Amazon as well. Do you do that? 
You oh, do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can see it. I, I don't know what's in the shot here, but up in my, up above me is a bookshelf, and the majority of these are marketing oh. and copywriting books. So, yeah, totally, 100%. Amazon is, is your friend. And you will, if you become a good copywriter or you hire a good copywriter like Zach, your ad costs will 100% go down. Like, you can't just put crap copy out there and expect ads to perform. So same with your landing page. The landing page has a lot to do with this too. So I wanted to ask you about this strategy and it's a little like, it's a little shady. And I was curious what your thought thoughts were on it. I know I said shady. So now you can't say you like it. It's awesome. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) I'm sure you've seen it. And it's so sometimes you, and it just reminded me when you were telling your story, but sometimes you'll see these ads roll through on Facebook and they have like, you know, 10,000 likes and a whole bunch of comments. And if you really dig into the first comments that were being made, then they're obviously not from the United States, right? If we're just running ads for the USA, because obviously reaching out to other countries can be a whole lot less expensive. So there's the strategy where you run your ad to people from all over the world. You get these really inexpensive clicks and feedback, and then you basically run that ad in the United States. Uh-huh. Do you find that that's a, is that a valid way of running ads, Zach? Or what, what would you say to that? Do you do that? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you are aware of it, though. That's so funny. Um, are you aware of it? I've, I'm aware of people doing weird stuff like that to get a lot of engagement. Yeah. So, yes. Although I've never done it. I've never advised anyone to do it. I mean, I guess it's more of like a personal, like, is it okay with you morally question. Um <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, if someone said, will you do this? I mean, I wouldn't say like, no, I would say this is probably not overly effective. If you're like trying to reach, let's just, for instance, you're trying to reach a US market and you're selling something that is a value. I mean, if someone goes through and looks at those comments, if it's just a bunch of stuff that doesn't make sense to them, like there is zero value. They're going to see right through it. Yeah, Yeah, they're going to see right through it. There's no value in social credit if there's no social cred. I, I, will, I will sum that up with saying like there is no shortcut or easy way to run Facebook ads. It's all about testing. It's all about good copywriting. It's all about getting your message to the right audience. And pretty much that's how you're successful with Facebook ads. I have one more question for you, which is, I know you're excited. I know. I can't <laughs> wait. This is awesome. Zuckerberg has, you know, and others have said, okay, Facebook is running out of places to place your ad, right? Like okay. they're saying we're out of ad space. What are what are your thoughts on on such a statement? Do you care? No, it's that's does not matter. Um <laughs> They're going to so as long as Facebook is in business, they will sell ad space, period. Now, yeah. the amount of advertisers coming in, there is a lot of them. And w- in some ways we're perpetuating that by you know, by talking about this, but there's a lot of advertising. <laughs> and in some ways that can be like crap um, because the more people drives up costs. But what's really, really nice is the game gets expensive if you're not good at it. So yeah. most people get in and they get out. People that are here to stay. So if you take the time to study and get good or hire someone that's good, the people that are there to stay it's so much easier to stand out from the crowd because there's like, I saw this advertisement yesterday for somebody in my industry, the network marketing industry. And it was just like, it, they're almost all horrible. And it's super easy to stand out from that because it's like literally these guys get on there and they spend a small amount of money and it just, everything is not good. So it's really easy to stand out. Number one, number two, people are going to quit very, very quickly. Yeah. And I think that's the bottom line. It's just, I don't, I don't see it as a threat whatsoever. 
Um, and Facebook does reward you when you start, I mean, as you know, when you start spending a ton of money with them, like you, you know, they start rewarding you with more engagement. They'll give you a rep. Yeah, it, it's definitely a good game. It's not a, not yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my final question is, I know I keep saying final, don't I? But hey, really, my final question is, what do you say to a small business owner that's like, I'm going to go in and run my own ads. I don't need to hire an expensive hoity-toity firm like Lindsay or Zach to come and run these ads for me. And they say it in that nasally voice. <laughs> what do you say? Oh, it'd be amazing. <laughs> if if they said in that nasally voice, number one, I would ask them to do it again so I could record it and play it. Cause it's making me laugh. <laughs> the second thing I would say is rock and roll. Here's my number when you're done. Um, is that a good investment for them, Zach? We both know it's not, no, right? No, I mean, bottom- unless they're going to take it seriously. I've literally had one customer. She was like, for a year, this wonderful gal, she's going to learn it. She's going to take courses. She's going to be a master, which is totally fine. But it's not like you're just going to stick like the secretary out to figure out Facebook ads. Like you're going to have to put in a lot there. Fair enough. This will be your craft. It will be the, whoever's doing it, it will be your craft for at least a year and you will spend bare minimum 10 to 20 grand to get good. Um, Just an ad spend, not including your education. In many cases, it is actually cheaper to hire an agency because you're not going to get good results, not consistent good results. You know, because like something as simple as misreading analytics will cost a client thousands of dollars if they're just reading the analytics wrong and they're making decisions based on incorrect information. Um, or just not knowing how Facebook yeah. attributes their analytics. So it's... Uh, I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm going to turn the time back over to you. Tell us again how to find you and anything I didn't ask you, which I know there was a lot. No, no, that's great. Something you wanted to cover that I didn't necessarily not at all. ask. I'm just, so, I'm, just pumped. Yeah. I'm just pumped to be here. Um, so Zach, Zach at com is my email. Um, ZacharySpear.com with a C-H. So it's Zach. So ZacharySpear.com is my website and if you go under services you can uh, see info about our agency and there's a proof video showing how we get lots and lots of leads and stuff and sales for for clients on facebook so yeah feel free to reach out with any questions or anything like that um yeah thanks again for having me on this was awesome thanks zach see you later yeah There you have it. That was a really great interview. And I'm so excited that Zach was able to come on the show today. I'm hoping that he can come on again because there was some more advanced Facebook strategies that I wanted to ask him about as well as copywriting. Copywriting is tough. And I think Zach can give us some more insight on that. So definitely we'll be having him back on the show. But for what it's worth, he also hosts a podcast that I will be on. So I will make sure to share the links when that is released. So, you know, that's the cool thing about podcasting is you can meet a lot of really cool people. You can showcase people and you can learn a lot in the process. So podcasting's pretty cool. So that's your episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast this week. I hope you really enjoyed it. Again, if you like the show, if you learned anything, the least you could do is share it with a friend, at least one, right? Or you can go to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a review. I would sure appreciate it. You can even go to my Facebook page and leave me a review there that you like the show. That would be super awesome. Well, until next week, this is One Click Lindsay with trafficandleads.com, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. Click away.